0: Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, we love Happy Friday. Um, Hopefully, you had a really good week. Thanks for coming back to Really Riley today. And I am breathy a little bit because, as I told you guys on Wednesday... I was going to be talking to you guys about something I've been avoiding for a little while. Um, I don't tend to dread doing this podcast or talking to you guys at all because of the fact that I was away from you guys for a while after getting fired and this is my favorite thing to do is connect to you guys through this microphone. Um, But this one I knew was going to be a little hard. And I appreciate you guys, some of you reaching out to me saying like, love you Riley, but I don't know... If I'm going to be able to listen to this one, just because it's about losing somebody, somebody, something that you really, really loves and that was a part of you. So yeah, we're going to get into it. Talking about my precious baby girl, Pink Presley Couture crossing the Rainbow Bridge. Where to start here? Um, I had pink for 15 years, which is crazy to think that I'd had anything in my life besides like my family or myself for that long. And I didn't realize just how much I loved that girl until she was gone. So I got pink at a time where I had no business having. Anything or anyone to care for because I don't really know that I could even care for myself. But I actually saw, I forget where I saw it, but somebody was talking about like having a really bad breakup. Oh, it was one of my friends that, you know, I'm acquaintances with and she's like, you know, I'm going through this horrible traumatic breakup and, you know, my therapist said I should get a dog because that is the thing that will... Get you out of bed every morning. You have to take care of it. It's a living thing. And that reminded me a lot of some of the story with my little girl Pink and I. So when I got Pink, um I was in this stupid relationship with this guy that was just obviously like awful and just break up to make up and he was mentally abusive and yeah, fun. Seems like the the over and over wheel of my life and relationships up until my husband. Um and when I say if that dog could talk, you know, they say that thing about like if these walls could talk, if that dog could talk, oh my God, the things, the stories that she would tell. Um, but I had been wanting to get a dog because I was lonely. I was living in Memphis. I was doing mornings there and I just wasn't very happy being alone. And even though I had a boyfriend, you know, I, would, you know, those relationships where even though you're like... Supposed to be in love with somebody, but you still feel very, very alone because they're jerks. It was that, and I remember like I wanted a pomeranian or big froofy dog that I could put in my purse, and my ex boyfriend came home from visiting his family, and he like was like, "Oh, come over," da da And I was, you know, sort of excited to see him because it was like a good week for that he and I, and he'd been away for a couple of days, so. I went over to his house and he was like texting me and he's like, oh, there's a big old rat inside. And I was like, excuse me, what? What do you mean a rat? Like, why do you want me to come in there if there's a rat in there? Like, what? And so I walk inside and he's like nowhere to be found. And I was like calling his name and all of a sudden I see this little, like hyper as hell, floppy eared, golden like tan dog running skipping rather towards me and it was my girl pink and she was so tiny and she jumped into my lap and I looked up at him I remember crying going you got me a dog like so excited but also really scared because I'd never taken care of anything like that On my own. Like, I had a dog growing up, but I didn't have to feed it. I didn't have to take it to the vet. I didn't have to make sure it stayed alive and all the things. And I was really happy, but I was really freaked out. Sounded a lot like my entry into motherhood. And like, when I say that, like, I don't ever get on to people when they say, like, when they compare having animals to having children, because I don't think it's on the same level. It's not, obviously, but in a heart space, She was the first person, first person, first thing, living thing that I had to put before myself sometimes. And I left his house and I'm going, oh my God, like I have to get her shots. I have to, you know, I don't have any dog food. I don't have a leash. I don't have anything. So I remember like putting her in a bag, trying to make her the little like Paris Hilton dog that I had wanted. And she was having none of that. She was crying and I freaking out in the store and like it wasn't one of the stores that like you could bring a dog in most are not and this lady was like you know you can't bring in the supermarket I was like I'm sorry I'm just trying to get her like a couple of little things and we went back to the house and that night she was just like crying all night you know I tried to make a little bed for her on the floor because I am not like a like a co-sleeper at all I didn't co-sleep with my kids I didn't at first you know, like to have her in the bed because I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and I didn't sleep very well. So I was just like, okay, well I'm not doing that. And I remember for the first few nights, like she would cry like a little baby, just like, even when I put her in the bed then at that point, she would still just cry. And I ended up taking my down comforter off of the bed and it was, this comforter that, like, I had actually gotten off an ex that was, like, $200 at the time, you know? Like, I didn't pay for it, but I was like, I would never buy that for myself, but I was like, fine, here, take it. And she loved it. She curled up in it, and she stopped crying. And for 15 years, that was her blanket. That was her little safe space. Whenever I was away from her, whenever when anyone would watch her, like, as long as she had that blanket, she knew, like, okay, we're good. So the first week of having a dog was insane. Like, I ended up bringing her to the studio once or twice because, you know, I didn't have a cage yet. And I ended up, you know, okay, I got her shots. I I can do this, right? Well, one day we were interviewing Miley Cyrus. And the boyfriend, although he had said he was going to help, like just wasn't a help at all. And I think we were like breaking up again to make up at that time so I couldn't call him and I really did not have any friends to watch her so I had a cage for her because they said small dogs really like that security of just being tight in a cage but she would just freak out and cry at first so I ended up just putting her in the guest bedroom that didn't have anything in it I put a bunch of toys I put her water I put her food but I went to work at like four or five o'clock in the morning and we ended up finding out that we were going to get this Miley Cyrus interview at the end of the day at like three, and before that we had to do preparations and you know go through all this like security check and all that stuff. So we went and we did the Miley Cyrus interview, and I remember thinking, "Oh my God, poor Pink is there! Like, did I leave the lights on? What's going on? Uh, like, I feel like such a bad puppy mom. Like, already the mom guilt was there, and I ended up not getting home till like four o'clock that day. And when I walked into the guest bedroom. oh the horror that dog had dug up the carpet to like a hole in it like to the baseboards and she had pooped and peed everywhere and I remember not being mad about the carpet or anything else because it was my fault but I remember feeling so horrible like oh my god am I even the person to have this dog I'm not equipped I can't do it I just felt so bad But I couldn't, like, give her away or give her up. You know, she came from a litter of, like, a bunch of dogs. She was a Chihuahua miniature pincher. I'd never seen that breed before. You know, super cute little girl with floppy ears that stood at attention when she was excited. But when she was calm, one would, like, kind of flop over. And she had this little, like, calic on top of her head. And because of that calic or something like that, that was a reason that my ex picked her because she was the one that was like different. And I remember he thought he should have a hand in naming her. And I was in Memphis and he was obsessed with Elvis and he wanted to name her Presley. And I was like, no. And we all know my love of pink. And I was like, her name is pink. So there was little Miss Pink Presley tour and whenever I used to tell people her name I used to be like her name's pink after the artist not the color because I don't like the color pink and that dog was every bit as feisty as her mama so As time went by, like me and the boy that gave her to me, like obviously we're breaking up again. And one time I was like, get out of my house. I'm done with you. Goodbye. And he picked Pink up and he's like, this is my dog and I'm taking it. And oh my God, the first roar of the mama bear instinct hit me. And he went downstairs with her and got in his car And best fucking believe I threw myself on the hood of that car as he was trying to drive away with her <laughs> and he didn't get very far and he stopped and handed her to me like he automatically knew I was fucking around. And that was like the moment that I started to really bond with her, you know, because she was crazy. She would bark all the time. She would run around in like little circles, like chasing her tail. But it was like she would get so excited and like run in a little Tasmanian devil circle like a little tornado and then stop and then do it again. And, you know, it was impossible to like get her to pee outside. And then I met my ex-fiance. And he didn't really like her, but she didn't like him either. I always said pink never bit anyone but him and that should have been a sign (laughs) because the very first time that she bit him it was like what'd you do to her like you know like I think that she had like peed on his coat is what he said and he got mad and then she was like cowering underneath the couch and I remember thinking and feeling like red flag and obviously I wasn't that great At noticing those. But then one day with him, like, you know, he was great to her after a while. Like, he taught her how to go outside. And then after a while, she would like curl up on him and cuddle. And he was like sweet to her. (laughs) But then one day I came home and like the door was wide open. And he was putting groceries in the car. And I was like, well, wait a minute, where's pink? And he's like, I don't know. She ran out. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, Well, she ran out. I was like, Well, why aren't you looking for her? And he said, Well, I mean, I gotta put these groceries away. The milk's gonna go bad. And I flipped my shit on him and just tore out the neighborhood and just started screaming, Pig, Pig and it was about a storm that day. And I was like, Oh my god, she's gonna be out. She's gonna be gone and it's gonna be raining and she's so tiny. She was like at her biggest. She was only like Eight pounds, but at that time I think she was like four pounds, and I was running around the neighborhood and, and in the apartment complex that I was in, they had this like um, beach volleyball court, and I ran around to the side of it, and she was just chilling there, just sitting, and Pink didn't just sit. Ever, she was just sitting there and enjoying the breeze, and I ran up to her and I was, Pink and. She just looked at me like, I'm here, Mama. I was waiting for you. And we all know how that relationship turned out. (laughs) Pink was the very first girl to give me a sign. I just didn't see it. I remember one time when she was a crazy puppy, she got out and ran out the door and ran down those same steps And there was this car coming fast, and it, like, missed her by a millisecond. And she saw it, and she's like a squirrel. Like, she saw it and ran it away. And I was just like, like, to get her attention. And I remember the neighbor walked up, and he looked at me. He goes, man, I heard your heart and that scream. And he was right. I know right now it kind of sounds like, wow, Riley, like you were a shitty puppy mom and maybe that was true for a while. But that dog went everywhere with me. I remember when that relationship broke up. I was living in Nashville and I'd had pink for about four or five years now at that time. And remember when I said that new acquaintance I had at a therapist said she could get a dog. It was like during the breakup of that relationship, I was almost dead to the world. I didn't really want to do anything, see anybody, talk to anybody. I would go to work. I would come home. I would do nothing. The weekends was me and my wine bottle. And the only time I would really get out of bed for weeks besides work was to walk my little girl to get her food and cuddle with her. And man, when I say that, dog saw me at my worst. But it was then that Pink started to save my life. Because for the longest time, she was like my only purpose the only one that like I had to be with me and like the responsibility that I had. And that's a lot to put on a little six, seven, eight pound dog. But she was always there by my side. She used to curl up and cuddle. I used to call her like a a cinnamon roll because she was like tan and she literally would curl up in this little roll and just look up with her little eyes and you know when she was tired or when she was chill, her ears would be back. Whenever she would hear me, she would sprint up with her ears and whenever she was confused or unsure, one would flop over, just one. I remember one time she got stung by a hornet and I was on air and my ex-fiance called me and was like, yeah, she got stung by a hornet and her whole cheek is swollen up and He took her to the vet, and when I got home, she was okay, she wasn't swollen, but ever since then, she had this little freckle on her nose. I guess it just never went away, the sting. And I know that sounds kind of random that I threw that in there, but as I'm talking more and more about her, like all these random memories were coming up, I remember that she used to have a bunny. That was the first toy I ever got her. Because it was around Easter when I got her. And since then, every single toy she ever had was bunny. Pink, go get your bunny. She would run and go get it. So for the longest time, it was just me and Pink. And then when I picked up and I moved to Atlanta, of course my girl came with me, and that was where I got pregnant with Lyric. And she used to sit on my belly. And you know how they say that like dogs know something's up. Well, Pink knew something was up. So she was always stuck to me. Always. And I had Lyric. And when I came back, she was sniffing on him. Didn't really want much to do with him. And she was still really hyper at that point. So it was weird for me to see her like chilling. And... Four days after I got home with Lyric, very tired, very postpartum, my mom was leaving in like two days. Pink started bleeding out of her bottom when she would poop and it was like chunks and it was crazy disgusting and just scary because I was like, what is this? And I remember being so scared that my first baby was going to die. And I remember thinking, like, no, baby, like, I still need you. Just because there's this new baby in the house doesn't mean you get to go yet. I had her looked over by the vet, and it turns out it was just stress. (laughs) Because, yeah, like, Pink was a very anxious dog anyway. Like, that dog had anxiety for days. And they said, yeah, it's just, like, I have to change, and it's a lot of screaming. So she was, you know, the baby crying, and she was stressed out, so... She was just going to be fine. And I remember being so relieved. And then a lot of the guilt comes in after that because most of the attention went to the baby. Until Lyric became like two and God bless that dog because Lyric used to pull on her tail and like, you know, try to pet her, but obviously he was a little marshmallow toddler and just rough with her and she was so sweet she never nipped she never barked she never messed with him and then when Lyric got to be like two they were like little buddies like he would pull her toy and Pink would always feel so strong because she could like get the toy away from him that was her favorite like she would bring you her toy and do a little play game where she would get down and crouch and like She wouldn't, like, take it until you got it. She she really liked that power struggle of pulling it away from you and then running like a little crazy dog. She was always crazy. She was always so hyper. Like, when she had to go to the bathroom, it was, like, an emergency. It it, it was almost like, whoop, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, she had just realized it. And she would jump up and down at the door. I used to call her my little Mexican jumping bean because she would jump so high. Like, she would get air. And she was always such a good dog. Like she would go down, she would go outside, pee real quick and come back up, especially in the winter. I remember always being guilt, feeling guilty that she never really had like a real yard. Because Pink to walk her was a feat because that dog was so spastic, she had to smell every single inch of everything. And she would pull. Like I used to call it her army crawl. That this little tiny dog would like pull and almost choke herself just to get to the next inch of grass and of course when the baby was around with a big old stroller and a toddler it was harder to walk her so some of those walks got fewer and that always makes me feel bad but then we ended up moving to dc and. She was still super vibrant, and she was still super crazy. And I remember that was when, around the time, like a year later, that I met Marshall. And we'd only been dating for a few weeks, and I had to go to Florida for work. We had like a gig, and like, you know, we did like a couple of yearly gigs there, and I didn't have anybody to watch her. And also, she hated being kenneled, and I hated kenneling her, because every time she would come back, like shaking, because she's very anxious, and... You know, whenever I would come back, she would, like, run to me and be so excited, like, that very first time I even saw her. But then I would feel terrible because she would shake and just, like, Pink wasn't a very, like, vocal dog unless she was, like, barking at somebody that just came in the house. But those times she would almost be, like, talking to me, like, Mommy, like, don't ever leave me again. So I hated kenneling her. You know, so Marshall said, well, hey, I'll watch her for a few days. And I remember I was, like, beware, like, she's insane. And he's like, I bet you I could teach her to sit. And I was just like, no. I doubt it. And sure shit, that snarky-ass little husband of mine figured out a way to teach her to sit that weekend. Never did it again. But she did it for that video. I remember when I was handing over pink to Marshall, he was like, well, what does she need? I was like, just this blanket. You remember that blanket, the one that I was telling you about that was the big, Calvin Klein down comforter just that I was like just put that down for her and as long as she has that she knows that mom is coming back and that she'll be okay and I think pink liked having like a little family so she was very stuck to Marshall that was when she started sleeping in the bed like because I did give way to the whole sleeping together thing like naps She used to curl up in the nook of my leg during naps, and she was a little space heater. Like, I sleep hot, but I would wake up in a pool of sweat, but she was so comfortable that I really wouldn't move her. Like, she wasn't the most affectionate dog, but when she wanted attention, she got it. Like, she would crawl up on my chest like a parrot and, like, paw at you scratch her and like if she wanted pets she would like paw and like pull your hand towards her just like me leave me alone until I want to be messed with (sighs) so when I decided to move in with Marshall it was really exciting because Marshall had a yard and that dog's favorite thing in the world to do was sunbathe she could sit and it, she would find a pocket of sun when I had like a little apartment that didn't have a yard or didn't have even that much sunlight in it. Like she would just find any little sliver through like any window and sit in it. She loved warmth. Like when <laughs> I have this picture of her when I was doing my laundry and my laundry like was in the kitchen in my apartment in Atlanta. And I went to go get something to drink and I came back out and she literally had jumped on top of. Of the laundry and buried herself in it. Because she liked the warmth. But when we moved in. To Marshall's house. She was so excited to be able to have a yard. and She would parole the perimeter. Like a little police dog. And Marshall used to call her like canine. Canines. Canine stinks is what he called her. Because Pink had some bad breath. Pinker stinkers is what. It became. Stinks for short. And she liked that house. But then I got pregnant again. And we needed a bigger house. But again, I was really, really excited that she was going to have a really big yard to run and go crazy if she wanted to. But by the time we got here, Pink was older. And she still did the jumping thing. But she didn't really run that much anymore. Not like she used to. She used to be just a little race car. And then Malin came around, and that was when she kind of started slowing down, I think. She spent a lot of time in her little blanket. And I think her hearing started to get a little bad, but she had nothing to do with Malin, because Malin is obviously way more hyper than Lyric. But she would still play every once and again. You know, she was still spicy. And she, like, towards those last couple of years, she was had zero fucks to give. Like, before I said she didn't want, she gave attention when she wanted to. Then it was just, like, now if you left a plate anywhere, like, with food, where she could jump up on the couch and get it off of, like, our ottoman that has, like, a little, like, um, a tray on it. She didn't give a shit. She would just jump up there and eat it. And I was like, well, she's old. And I remember when Malin was born, we did newborn pictures of him and our photographer took a picture of pink while we were getting Malin ready. A couple of them. And I'm so glad she took that picture because when we were hanging the photos up, I was like, okay, well, here's the family one. Here's Malin's baby picture. Here's Lyric's baby picture. And I remember it was Marshall. that was like, well, we should put a picture of pink up there. And at first, I was like, that's weird, like to put a big old picture of your dog up there. But he's like, no, I want to. It almost felt like foreshadowing, but I didn't think so at the time. <sighs> so I don't want to say flash forward, but everything was going well, you know, and she was older, but she was still kicking and still. Pretty sprightly for being 14. And then about six months ago, she got really skinny, like out of nowhere. And she was still eating and drinking. She was just losing a lot of weight. And a little bit before that time, she stopped like going down the stairs and going up the stairs. She would go down, but she wouldn't go up. But then it was like, if she was like in a hurry or she was like spooked, she would run up the stairs. So I was like, okay, she's just being old and lazy. That's okay. But that's when I started to realize like, oh my God, my girl's getting old. And I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't think of it. I couldn't like picture a time in my life where she wouldn't be there. She was my OG ride or die. But then when I got to the space where she was kind of walking like hunched over, like we took her in. And I didn't, not that I didn't want to deal with it, I didn't have the bandwidth or the strength to hear what they were going to say. And at this time I knew that things were going south in my career and I, I had not a lot of bandwidth for things. And I knew that it was going to happen. I just didn't want to face it. The vet said just basically that she was old and that she had kidney disease. And with kidney disease, like they didn't want to put her on medication because she didn't take medication very well and they don't know how much of a benefit it was and because she was such an anxious dog, they didn't know what it would do to her. And they said, well, she probably has either, you know, three to six months or maybe even two years. Like you can change her diet and see how that works out. And you can do weekly infusions at home because you had to do them two to three times a week. And that, you know, is a lot for anybody to take them that Like that, especially with toddlers and soccer and all those things. So I'm in denial or just in blind faith and hope that she was going to be okay. At least for the next two years. We had Malin's second birthday party and she was okay. And I was like, well, she's going to be on the up and up. You know, we changed her diet and she gained a little bit of weight. And I was like, oh, my God, yay. Like, I knew that she was never going to be just fully okay again, but at least we could, like, maintain her. We did the infusions together at home. and This was the dog that, like, hated having a bath, like, anything, and hence the stinks because, you know, she probably didn't get bathed as much as we wanted to because she would literally freak out and scream and the anxiety of it all for her, you know. And I thought that she would just maybe bounce back for a little while. And there weren't really any signs of anything progressing more. She wasn't getting better, but she wasn't getting worse. And we had a follow-up appointment and they, you know, were saying like, okay, we'll bring her in soon. So we had planned that. And one day I saw her on the pillow. On the couch where she always was under her little blanket. And she wasn't curled up like the little cinnamon roll that she was always. And she was just laying there like usually she would react we tried to give her some food and you know she wouldn't take it. And usually if there was people food she was all about it. We thought, okay, well, she might be dehydrated, so let's give her another um, infusion. And I didn't do anything to her. And I just kind of knew, but I didn't want to believe it even still. And I picked her up and I put her in my lap and I looked at Marshall and I said, is this going to happen tonight? And he said, what do you really want to know? You know, he's had several dogs that have passed away because he had lots of them growing up. And when my dog Skippy died when I was younger, I didn't, wasn't there and I was a dumb teenager and just kind of in my own world. And this wasn't any dog. This was my dog. This was my pink. This was my ride or die that had been through everything. This is my ride or die that literally one time in life saved me, saved my life. And I didn't want to believe that it was happening, but I kind of knew that it was. So I held her for like two hours, and I got down to her little ears and touched the little calic on the top of her head and told her that I loved her and thanked her for everything and said, I'm sorry that I wasn't better to her. but that I loved her more than anything. We scheduled an appointment the next morning to go to the vet to see what we were going to do, and I was like, I don't want to put her down. I don't know how I was going to do that. and We didn't have anyone to watch Melon that day, and Derek would have been in school. So I knew that it would have been me There with her, not that I would have let anyone else do it, but I was dreading that moment of watching her go. So we went to sleep late that night, and I put her in her little Calvin Klein blanket that she'd had for 15 years. She laid down, and I gave her a kiss. And I woke up the next morning, and it was like 7.30. And Pink always... You know, recently I woke up before that because her bladder wasn't the greatest towards the end and I didn't hear Madeline. He was still asleep and Lyric was still quiet and I knew because she was always up and shaking. She used to wake up and <laughs> like she would shake and you would hear her call her. And I got up and went to her and she was still. And she wasn't cold, but she wasn't warm either. And I looked up at Marshall and he seemed so sad. I said, is she gone? Her eyes weren't moving. But sometimes, like, I used to think pink. I used to shake her because she would be so still. And she would look up at me and I was waiting for her to do that. And then I heard Lyric come in, and I got up and composed myself, got him ready for school. And he left without knowing anything, and I wanted it that way because I didn't want him to have that memory at all. So we took him to school, and I held it all together for that 15 minutes, that was the longest 15 minutes ever. And the minute we dropped him off, I just lost it. And I went upstairs to check on her, and... She was gone. And she was cold. And I will probably always regret that because I don't know if she was really gone when I first woke up. (laughs) But it's almost like that dog knew I couldn't do it. Knew I couldn't be there when she left. It's almost like she knew that she wasn't going to (laughs) leave until she knew I was okay. After all those horrible relationships that she saw me go through and all that pain throughout the years and if any of you have heard any more of my story than this, you know all about it. And she saw me through it all and waited until I was okay to go. And I still miss that blanket. (laughs) We had a little mishap with the people that cremated her and the blanket somehow got lost even though we asked for it back. And that was like losing her all over again. And some people say that you know, what went with her. That she'll have it till I see her again. <sighs> oh, you guys, this one's hard. And I'm not even sure why I am doing this really sad podcast. But like I told you guys before, none of this really feels real at all. Until I tell you, it's always been that way with me in life. Every breakup, every triumph, every everything has always been right here. Sort of like audio memories. And I don't think that it would be right to not honor her by talking about it. My sweet little girl. And I guess I want to thank you guys for giving me the platform to be able to release it and let go because I haven't even looked at her ashes or her paw print. Because I haven't been able to. Because I don't want to believe that she's gone, but she is. I want to thank you guys so much for all the things that you sent for me, the gifts, the beautiful pictures, and all of the messages, because it's been a rough ride the last couple of months, and that was probably the hardest. We don't deserve animals, man, because they are there and love us unconditionally more than anything, and they're with us for such a short time. But I am glad that now Pink is running back and forth like the Tasmanian devil and doing her little tornado circles and jumping up and down at doors like she used to and not walking in pain and I can't wait to see those floppy ears the next time I see her. And there's so many more stories that I could give you about my little girl, Pink. As much as she wasn't the dog that I thought I wanted, as much as she was very much a hard dog to rear and crazy and not what I ever thought I wanted, she was everything that I needed. And I'll never be able to repay her for Everything she gave me. So. There you have it. I can't wait to see her on the rainbow bridge someday. Thanks guys for listening. I'll be back on Monday. With something a little cheerier. I love you guys to the ends of the earth and back again for listening. It's really Riley.